The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 267 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, uh, Alex Fast, joined as always by the shooketh, shocked Nick Pollock. What is happening? I think every single time you do the what is up, you're purposely trying to catch me at my my off guard. Genuinely, this was the first time ever where I was like, oh, he doesn't seem ready for this. <laughs> so I'm going to try and uh, sneak it in there. Yeah, just scare him a little <laughs> bit. Um, we got a great episode planned for you today. We're going to be talking about the top 100 as usual. We're going to be, you know, can you believe that? Also, it's the, it's the all-star break, yeah. which is sort of crazy. You have an app. I have an app that I don't know if people are going to hear this tonight, but if you do hear it before eight, you should go download the MLB AR application and be able to watch the 2021 T-Mobile Home Run Derby live in AR. It is pretty cool. Nick was using it before. You can also download it after and actually look at the uh, the home runs. Yes, you can look at the home runs. You can look at the 2019, and pretty soon we're going to support looking at 2021s live in AR as well. So yes, you can watch it live tonight. Pretty soon you're going to be able to watch a replay of it. It's a lot of exciting stuff, but that's not what you're listening to us to talk about. You're listening for us to talk about all those sweet, sweet pitchers. You should be on on PL Plus because then you can talk to us about it whenever you want, you turkey. You should be listening to the First Pitch Podcast and following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at PitcherList, at Nick Pollock PL, at Alex Fast PL. You are a streaming machine. Sure when am. are the office hours? 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Every day, weekday, except for this week. Friday, I'll be back. What are you going to do on Wednesday and Thursday? I don't know. I, I There are a couple article articles that are in my head that I w- hopefully can get out. We'll see. No, I think you should go outside. Well, I've done that. I okay. Genuinely answer me this question. <laughs> when was the last time? When's, give me the last day. Yeah. Give me the last weekday. You've been outside. Yeah. Between nine thirty and ten. In the morning. Uh huh. Oh, I could go to that place. Which oh, you could go to yes. I'll do that. Winter. I'll do that. You go to winter. Yeah, and yeah. and it's early in the morning, so you're gonna get their best yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's that. a really good place yeah, around yeah. the corner. That's really good. You should check it out if you ever come to New York City. Uh, I wanna jump in right away. Right away. We're gonna get into the tiers. There's many there's not many more tiers, but there's a lot more tier breakup in this sure. list yeah, yeah. Uh, than before, including at the top. Um, but what I want to have you answer first, uh-huh. we're not going to focus too much on who's going to be good in the second half, who's going to be bad in the second half, because you already had a great podcast with Spore that covers a fair amount of that stuff, and we don't want too much... Uh, Fireside uh, chat. You know, it was a wonderful time. Yeah, definitely check it out on the uh, Sleeping in the Bus podcast. Yeah, we don't want a lot of, you know, repetition. You listen to that, but there is one thing that I want to know. Of these four pitchers, uh-huh. right, which returning pitcher is going to have the biggest impact, whatever that means to you, in the second half? Thor, Carrasco, Sale, Severino. I mean, you know the answer. You're going to say Sale? Of course. How can it not be? He's like the clear top five, top ten guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to say top five. He should be, but there might be a moment of him getting kind of back into that groove. Yeah. At the same time, they have said that Sale is going to be stretched out to five to six innings by the time he returns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's Chris Sale, guys. Like, this was number three on the list, you know, before he got injured and everything. Like, that's that's what I see the most. And look, they're all all of them have their questions of how good are they going to be anyway. Yeah. So might as well make say the biggest impact is going to be the one that has made the biggest impact over his career. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree overall for sure. I was kind of thinking about Carrasco because he's the only one not coming back from Tommy John, but sure, he also yeah. has his issues in and of itself. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah, I get that. And Sale, probably the one who's going to have the least amount of rust to shake off. Right. right? And also winning ball club in the, in the Red Sox. It's pretty unbelievable that the team leading the AL East is about to get their 
ace pitcher back. Yeah, but they don't have. Who's their ace right now? Who's their ace? Eovaldi. Eovaldi. Yeah, and and then Eduardo, and then Martin Perez, and Nick Pavetta. And Pavetta. How I just. And then Garrett Richards. Oh no, it's just it's wild. It it is unbelievable. It's crazy. I mean, it's Tampa Props Bay Light. Yeah, Bay there Bay. you go. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like they have a new GM or something. Exactly. Uh, all right, so we've got we got one additional tier to talk about today, but we're going to start as we always do with the lone man in this tier. Some fun facts before I get to what's it called and why is it called that. In tier one, Jacob Degrom, CSW leader, the first half of the season, in zone swinging strike leader. Only person over 20%. Next highest was, I believe, oh, 18, which is unreal. So that means, uh, just so we're clear, whenever he throws a pitch in the zone, how often that returns a swinging strike. Not when swung, just in general, you throw a pitch in the zone. Correct. How often does that return a swinging strike? 20% That's of the time. crazy high. Which, yeah, leads the league by far, like, like uh, a far margin. You, yeah, guys have to understand, when you hear an overall swinging strike rate, <laughs> right, that includes in zone and out of zone. Yeah. When guys get swing strike rate numbers, when they boost those ratios it's from out of zone pitches yeah this is crazy you're not supposed to have a total above like 14 and it's unbelievable and there's so much nuance there too because he's actually not i think he's right at league average zone rate so he doesn't really go into the zone more so than other people so when he does he's that much more effective just to put a pin on this like uh qualified starters between 2010 and 2019 the, uh, for the entire season, the highest overall swinging strike rate was Garrett Cole's 17.6%. Or actually 16.8%. <laughs> That's not, yes. 16.8. So it's, yeah. And this is in zone yeah. at 20%. It's, it's unbelievable. I love it. It's love unbelievable. It. So with that said, what is this tier called and why is it called It's that? Mowgli. Why? Mowgli. Because Mowgli was the one with the tool set in the jungle. Okay. He was the one that stood out. Yeah, yeah. It was different than the rest. Okay, there we go. I can take that. Yeah, nice I, just, I just watched the live action Jungle Book. That's why. Yeah. You did. I know. I just, I just did. I, I don't know. It just, it was fine. That's what you did with your free time. <laughs> the live it action was one Jungle of those Book moments where I'm like, I can't do anything else, and like, I just need something to completely detach, and that was just right in front of me. All right. Yeah. It was. It wasn't. I mean, it was fine. I, it is sure. Yeah. Exactly. I had no expectations. It's completely different, apparently. Is it really? Yeah. It's like a, I mean, they loosely based, but it's not like you know they didn't like follow it to a T. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's a Rudyard Kipling book, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. like, this is the John Favreau one. You know, John Favreau directed it. Yeah. What have our lives become? He's he's great. He is great. You it's know? a little shocking. Uh, we'll, course, we'll, yeah. we'll get to the fact that you watched the live action Jungle <laughs> Book in your free time at well, another I, I just, podcast. I just did. It was just weird. I mean, I did other things at the same time. It doesn't. Uh, it was just I'm kind not, of like I'm in not, the background. I'm not spending more time on this. We're moving on <laughs> into tier two. I'm going to read the people in tier two. I want to know what it's called and why it's called that. So we're leading off tier How two. How dare you shame me for watching this? I'm sorry. It just cracked me up. <laughs> Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, Garrett Cole, Brandon Woodruff, and Lance Lynn rounding out the tier two. What's it called? Why is it called that? Uh, this is the family stockings. Okay. Because generally among a family, there's that one kid who's not good and the other four are good. <laughs> and so that's the one that has coal. Okay. Oh, very nice. That's good. I like that. That's quite <laughs> clever. Uh, I want to. I want to start off with Zach Wheeler, number three, two point two six ERA, two point two five FIP, thirty one percent K rate, one pitch type with a swinging strike rate below ten percent of all the pitches he's thrown over a hundred times. Fastball high, swinging strike rate of his career. He isn't really elevating it that much. More so finding the edges and the heart of the plate, having success there. However. So what I'm curious about, he just got hit a little bit hard by the Cubs. Four and runs over five and two-thirds, but he rises on the list. Him over Cole. Okay, so I should have led with this, and I did inside the notes. Okay. Um, this week was weird. Okay. okay, you gotta understand, because you have guys on uh, who are on the IL who shouldn't really be on the IL, sure. but because of the All-Star break, yep. you're gonna push them back, and they're gonna say, hey, cool, we can use an extra player for a couple games or so, right? Mm-hmm. You also have guys going to AAA for the same reason. Matt Manning. Right. You have uh, you have Logan Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Colin Muller, who's still there. Right. There's a lot of these situations where, like, we have all these really, really good players now all of a sudden on the I.L. that maybe wouldn't. And one of them is Yu Darvish, um, who was placed on the I.L. with hip soreness. We have Clayton Kershaw now with an elbow problem. We have Ian Anderson, who I kind of, it wasn't confirmed, and I, I thought it was, and it isn't, but it, it pretty much is. So I apologize to those like, Nick, it's the rule save. He's confirmed on the I.L. And he's not, and I understand your gripe, but he's off the list this week. Mm-hmm. Aaron Noll is off the list. Sonny Gray's off the list. Blake Snell is off the list. Joe Ross is off the list. Ryan Weathers, all in the IL right now, right? Mm-hmm. Safe for as I mentioned. But Darvish Kikuchi. is off. Kikuchi, no, he oh, came he back. Came back. That's right. It, right. It was confirmed. He like while I was doing the list streaming, one of the amazing commenters said, "Hey, just so you know, Nick." 
Kikuchi just got activated so they can play in the All-Star game. Yes. But Darvish was number two. So there is an innate green for everybody. Kershaw was previously at nine. He gets, you know, he removed. Everybody goes up. Sonny Gray. And, and all, like, there's so much green. Because mm-hmm. yes, guys just innately rose because of it. There's an unprecedented amount of green, and there's some funky stuff in the back 90. Funky. But that doesn't. So uh, I imagine Darvish, would he be on here, would likely be above Wheeler. Yeah, so it'd be, be 2-3-4 of uh, Darvish, Scherzer, Wheeler. So then let's get into then Wheeler versus Cole. Because yeah. Cole coming off that fantastic start, three hits, 12 Ks, complete game shutout against the Astros. What are you thinking here about why he's sure. behind Wheeler? Oh, that was great. Uh, Cole, I will say, did not have a ton of whiffs. Okay. It was 13 whiffs and 127 pitches. Which, if you're doing quick maths, that's actually just over a 10% swing strike. We're not close to the 20% of... Of, of More context. Yeah. So, uh, so Zach Wheeler, as you just mentioned, I mean, his pitches, I mean, they do well. They, they're just succeeding above that. Cole had this great start against the Astros. I, I, That's why I'm bringing him back in the second tier. Good. It doesn't seem like the sticky stuff is going to all of a sudden demote him into Pittsburgh level. Yeah, yeah. Because I've heard, which I, you know, the, the approach has changed as well. He's still incredibly good, but Zach Wheeler's just been super dominant. No sticky stuff, no nothing. And yeah, there was that one game, but I'm not ready to all of a sudden say that Zach Wheeler's done, that this whole thing was a mirage or so. That's just not the case. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It was just one game, but I guess you can kind of make the same thing about Cole. I guess he had, what, two games where it was pretty poor and wasn't getting yeah, the same I, I think this is the more the expectation we had for Cole, while Wheeler's more of the, uh, you know, the anomaly, the outlier, right? Yeah. Now, 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 I will say that if Cole would be normally a two, he has had the track history. So, right, so, like, if he keeps pitching like this, he'll be above Wheeler. This is one game. In the same way, it's one game for Wheeler, so they're still separate. So if I if I'm understanding correctly, if Cole continues to dominate in this way and Wheeler continues to dominate, you would still then probably jump Cole back up because he's yes. shown he can. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, all right, let's move on to tier three. I'm going to read off these names real quick. I mean, it's it's. I don't think I really can't recall the last time we've had three tiers within the top ten. Uh, but here we are: Lucas Giolito, Kevin Gausman, Carlos Rodon, Walker Bueller, and Corbin Burns. Yeah, this is how I think I did this last week, maybe even two weeks ago, as I had these three different tiers. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it hasn't changed since. Last week, I mean, hasn't? I, I like the fact that uh, that I mean, I removed Kershaw. Oh, okay, that's why I was. I uh, but uh, Bueller did have a secondaries, which was cool. I like yes. I like to see that. I uh, I not enough, you know, one start, not going to do anything crazy with it. But that's really good to see. Um, we might be getting close to the point. And I was really tempted to put number twelve into this tier. We might be getting to close to the point that Corbin Burns. Well, we got to really think about this innings limit stuff, right? Yes. Uh, a decision I made in this, um, as, as I didn't really do much, this entire thing, and I and I, I want to say this now before repeating it later, uh, where there are certain guys that have innings limits, and we have seen some teams take action on it. So Casey Mize, for example, is off the list now mm-hmm. because he's throwing 50 pitches a game. Yeah. And I understand that it might be of decent quality, but, but that's just not worth it for your fantasy team. Just, just I don't care. He needs to pitch at, like, a Garrett Cole level for four innings for me to even consider it, yeah. right? Just get a stud middle reliever if you want that. Fine. He'll even go more often. So so don't don't touch Casey Mize now. Now, Tarek Skubal could be following that. And I understand there have been a lot of people talking about, oh, no, is going to be limited. It's going to be limited. Nothing's confirmed. We don't know yet. And I can't make that giant assumption now. Sure. So I elected not to do really anything with Skubal this week. And I feel weird about it, and I understand that. And if you want to lower him down the ranks because of it, by all means, just couldn't do anything. Right, no, means is not. There it is. Oh man, look at you. Yeah, look at you. I want. Oh no, the wrong one. <laughs> I wanted that one. That's the one I want. Really I wanted to both encourage are it. Appropriate. I wanted to encourage it. I love it. Okay. So with Corbin Burns, it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. But we also don't really know. The Brewers are actually winning the division right now. Yeah. If you can believe it, actually a good amount. Yeah. The Cubs said they're sellers. It's crazy. I mean, who are they going to sell? No, Rizzo. I mean, oh no, I'm thinking pitching side. I'm sorry, okay, maybe yeah. Hendricks, but he's actually a couple of years still. Yeah. So get your Alec Mills here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in general, Mills, nah. Oh. Anyway, okay. Uh, so Cor- Corbin Burns, we don't know actually how the Brewers are going to use him. Yes, we do know that uh, it's 100 innings uh, slapped on to all the pitchers apparently. But we 100 don't innings know. plus what they did yeah, last year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So that would be like 160 innings or so, which means he'd be cut off around like the start of September. But Corbin Burns, I mean, who knows? Maybe that actually gets cut into certain starts here and there, and he actually yeah. stretches out through September. Maybe he just misses a couple of starts in July or August or so. We don't know how the Brewers are going to do this. And if you were going to act now, it, it, you could just be shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. So I haven't done anything really with that yet. And never forget, too, large in part, organizations are liars. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to say there's an innings limit, yes. and then when it comes down to the wire, of course, right. they're not going to do that. So one thing I want to do before I move on to Tier uh, 4 here is I want to talk about Rodon versus Bueller and get your thoughts here, and I'm going to spew off some stats about both of them. So Rodon, 
obviously recovered from his relatively poor starts against the Mariners and Twins the past couple of weeks to give up just one and run with eight Ks in that most recent start against the Twins. 2.31 ERA, 2.35 FIP with a .96 whip. If we're looking at June and just June up to now, 2.83 ERA with a 1.88 FIP and a wholly unsustainable 2.9% home run to fly ball rate. I got person that are resist a lot. <laughs> 36% K rate, 15.4% swing strike rate, both of which are career highs. What I'm going to what I'm going to have you get to after I talk about Bueller, I want to know if there are any concerns about his innings pitched because he's thrown 34.2 total in 2019 and 7.2 total last year. So what is that? About 42 total innings. He's already uh I think near 70 or 80. Last time he threw over 120 innings pitched was 2016. I will say the White Sox don't have a lot of starting pitcher depth. And do you remember Reynaldo Lopez? Oh, do I? Do you know what his ERA is in AAA? Uh, I'm going to say it's like 8.34. It is over 6. Oh, no. Um, Bueller, 2.36 ERA, 3.44 FIP, but a 1.98 ERA from June on. 26% K rate, career low. 11.5% swing strike rate, lowest since 2018. Another dude, three pitches with a swing strike rate over 10% in curveball, cutter, and slider. So, A, any concerns about these innings for Rodon, especially because they, I think, have, they don't think they have a def- Definitive lead on the Central, but I know they have the lead. I can't remember if it's super definitive. It might be. Cleveland is being competitive right now. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I assume what you're going to say is I I can't say what they're going to do with Rodon until they tell me what they're going to do with Rodon. Well, he's a free agent. Oh, that's a really interesting point. So, remember, he he was non-tendered. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So, they're just going to throw Rodon out there. And keep in mind, he hasn't had a game, Rodon, under eight strikeouts since May 15th. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. That's about two months of at least eight strikeouts per start. And the thing is, there was a moment. There was a very brief moment when he was throwing softer all of a sudden, right? He had 95.4 mile per hour fastball, which still was two ticks above the average before. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the 96-97. That, that was on uh, the 25th. However, in his most recent start, 96.3 against the Twins. Like, six innings, eight Ks, seven hits, one earned run, no walks. I mean, Rodon is just... It's amazing. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm very excited also about what Bueller is doing now. Also, the secondaries came back. That's a very good thing. He finally got whiffs with all of those pitches, a slider, cutter, curveball, et cetera. I, I, it's just Rodon is like, hi, I'm going to get all these innings, and yeah. I'm just going to keep going for the White Sox. Now, the free agent thing is such such a good point. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess theoretically you'd have to worry about injury, but you can worry about injury with every single pitcher, yeah. so there's no point and in moving do you, it down. Do you think Tony LaRusso is someone also to really baby him? No, I, I don't. I think it is just more of like, is he capable yeah, of throwing that's, those? Yeah, that's a really good Especially point. Especially with increased velocity. Is Bueller? Bueller, I think more so. Um, Do you think well, more so of like the Dodgers? Are they going to let him go 200? I don't think so. Uh, I would say that they almost have to because they're not in the lead in that division. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I mean, they only have really two starters at the moment with Kershaw's elbow barking. Yeah, exactly. So I, it wouldn't actually, and also so a lot of ineffectiveness in the back end between Price and Gonsolin. Gonsolin turning it around a little bit, but not guys that, you know, really are going to shore up that rotation. So I don't know if they have that same luxury right. with Bueller. They need a guy every fifth day. Yeah, of course. I will say this. Uh, Carlos Rodon has five nights where he's won the Gallows Bowl this year. That's un- So what is that for people listening? I guess pull the the starting pitcher who has the most whiffs on a given night. That's that's really unreal. That's, that's really five. if it's if it's twice, it could be because of other poor performers that day. If yeah. it's five times, it's you. <laughs> and it's, Walker Bueller only has he has a, a King Cole, but nothing else. King Cole is yeah the highest CSW rate of a night. There we go. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to tier four. I want to know what it's called and why it's called that tiny little baby tier: Robbie Ray, Rogers, Peralta, Urias, Alcantara, and Lopez. Did I give a name to tier three? Um. No. no. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Giolito, Gaussman, Rodon, Bueller, and Burns. Um. All right. Party of five. Sure. Great. Tier Great. four. Oh, who, who's Nev Campbell of this? I would, I would say Corbin Burns at least is Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'll, I can live with that. You know, the yeah. youngest of the tier, the one they want to protect, and everything like that. My friend forever thought it was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Duet? <laughs> it cracks me up to oh this my day. God. Uh, all right, what about tier four? What's it called? Why is it called that? Who's in that? Party of six. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel. No, no, who's in that tier? Uh, Robbie Ray, Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralto, Julio Arias, Sandy Alcantaro, Pablo Lopez. I feel like it's. I'm getting Last of Us vibes, so I'm going to call it that. The Last of Us? Yeah, the video game. Because you got like the old guy, old grizzled guy. That's Robbie Ray in tight pants, Mr. Hot Pants. And he's <laughs> leading like the young children. 
Okay. Have you uh, ever played that game? I played like the first half of the first game, so I don't know the actual conclusion of the story. I do love it though. Yeah, <laughs> love it. he's leading all the little children. Yeah, well, he's just one, obviously, yeah, 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 Ellie. Yes. yes. But I mean, I get that sense of like Robbie was like, "All right, kids." We're gonna, we're gonna do this. That's so funny too, especially just thinking about Robbie Ray that way. So I do want to talk about him at number twelve. Dominated the Rays, eleven Ks, one walk over seven innings pitched, four consecutive quality starts, three earned runs or fewer given up at his last eight starts or so. My dude was insanely fastball heavy on July fourth. He threw eighty one yeah, fastballs. That was a lot on the fourth of July. Almost yeah, yeah. an eighty percent usage rate. You could say in the sky. Yes, it was. It was baby. It was a firework. Um, so here's what I want to know. Uh, obviously, like I, I was wrong earlier in the season. I thought that fastball was going to continue to perform. There are still concerns about 90% left on base rate, 20% home run to fly ball rate, 20th percentile in barrel rate, 3.94 FIP, 5th percentile in hard hit rate. I think what I'm curious to know is, is, is are we going to expect him to keep cruising for the rest of the year and finish the year with that low 3 ERA, or are we going to get to the point where it regresses and we're, we're talking 3.8, 3.9? Well, okay, I think you didn't. Mentioned the most important side, which actually he finally beat Zach Greinke in this year, which is number one in grunt rate. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the most important, and that's why he's that's where he is in the list. Yeah, right, exactly. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grunt rate, absolutely. Yeah. If it's not incorporated into what's it called <laughs> and why is it called that, I forbid. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. I uh, know, but Robbie Ray, honestly, his approach has just proven successful so far. Right? I mean, yes, he's still going to be susceptible to home runs. Uh, but I think when, when we talk about all of those stats of like left on base rate and bad, but we always know in our heads like what causes that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are guys that have always been better than their BABIP or have that bad BABIP or they're a homer prone guy who's not, right? We understand internally. I'm not going to say that he has a 90% left on base rate and that's going to stick exactly. Sure. But I don't think he's going to be like a 50% right or, or 60%. I don't think he's going to fall the other direction. Uh, given the approach that Robbie Ray has, it's just a really amazing fastball at the top of the zone now that gets strikes constantly. Mm-hmm. And when his slider and curveball are working, it's just absolutely dominant. Some days he doesn't even need it, as you mentioned. I mean, the slider wasn't bad in that start. He just no. The fastball was just so good that he just uh, ran over the Rays with it. Yeah. It was amazing. It so, was unbelievable. So, yes, I do have some concern. I also like the fact that the Jays are trying to compete, and they still can compete. They're over 500. Totally. Yeah. I mean, they're eight games out of the AL East. Third place, yeah. kind of crazy. Tied with the Yankees. Yep. Uh, they're like it's weird. They whatever. Uh, one game each on the loss and win column, but uh, they they're gonna need Ray. And what might happen, which might be crazy, I know. Because it's eight games out of the East, and they're also not close to the wild card either. The, the Athletics, so I think, are like seven games ahead of them. Mm-hmm. If it gets to be like July twenty sixth, and the Jays are like double digits out, right? Do you move Ray? He's a, he's a free agent. He is a free agent, right? And how up. what could you get back for Ray. Robbie Ray? Yeah, whatever you right? want. Exactly. So that might actually be the the trajectory here. Uh, That's a great something to consider. Point. That's a really good point. I uh, also just kind of realized three. I think the Marlins are the first team with three people to appear on the list. If you're going from one down, mm. I mean to it's have because Rogers, of Kershaw is gone and obviously you know yeah. is gone. So then Rogers, Alcantara, and Lopez. I mean, I think that's the first one, two, three. Yeah, because it's just Urias and yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild. That. That's that's like that is absolutely now, wild. Now, what about the fourth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, actually, but Zach Thompson is on here. Uh, that is true. He is down at like seventy five or something that's, like that. Yeah, yeah pretty that's, amazing. That's a very good point. I forgot about Zach. Yeah, uh, Pablo Lopez at seventeen. He struck out the first nine batters that he saw this weekend, and then he didn't strike out a single batter after that. Uh, while the near eighteen percent swing strike rate largely maintained this year, more impressive to me on that changeup that he's increased the usage and the swing strike rate has maintained. I dunked on the shape of that cutter earlier in the year, but it's been a really nice pitch for him this year too. What are you thinking about Pablo yeah, Lopez? It's helped. Um, the uh, if you watch the stream in the morning. Uh, oftentimes, I will take requests if you guys want to like talk about a certain pitcher or a certain game. I will watch it. I did the the video breakdown on all nine strikeouts from Pablo Lopez. Better than that. And if you, <laughs> that was not, <laughs> you didn't even like finish it. You just like went halfway on that. I <laughs> uh, if you noticed in that though, how Lopez got those strikeouts, not a single whiff on his cutter. He used it early in the count, so he got foul balls on it. He got cold strikes on it, and then he attacked the edges very effectively with a four seamer and sometimes a sinker. And then he saved that changeup a lot later on counts. Mm. And sometimes he actually had a nice curveball that came in there. He made very few mistakes with all of his pitches. But the whole package, it can work. Uh, it just really is so hyper-reliant to me in that curveball and cutter getting those free strikes. 
because then if it's not there, then it's only four-seamer in changeup, and yep. oftentimes that allows guys to sit back. And if you notice, he still allowed three runs in that game yep. in those three extra innings, right, in those three other innings. So it's it's a problem, and I, there was a moment on the stream that I did flip Alcantara and Lopez. There was a moment, and then I corrected myself. Then yeah, I went that back the seems... Other way. And I can understand that people are saying, look, Nick, Pablo Lopez's numbers the entire year have matched, if not been better, than Andy, uh, Sandy Alcantara. How could you possibly not do that by now? And the reason is I think the stuff of Alcantara has a much higher ceiling that we haven't seen yet, while Lopez is at it now. He's at his peak. Yeah, he is. It's and, fun to watch. And we just we just got to uh, – just that cutter or curveball, something needs to improve. It was curious. I, I, I was um, – there's a few interesting things about his splits first and second time through the order because one would think – you know, that's re- pretty indicative of something. If he's striking out the entire side in the first and then not recording a single strikeout for the rest, that really sure. leads you to believe, like, okay, they, they kind of, I don't know about figured him out, but they've seen him a little bit. So it's really interesting in terms of his splits. The Woba goes down ever, ever so slightly second time through the order. But there is a, uh, oh, never mind. I was misreading. The, the strikeouts are also pretty much the same as well. So there really aren't. There's a, there's a tinge difference in ERA, but the fact that the average and the Woba are pretty much the same is pretty indicative that there isn't, like, a yeah. lot there. I, I was going to think that I, like the first time through, he did save his changeup for two strike situations, okay. which essentially meant that Lopez was sitting between 90 and 95 with the first two strikes of an at bat. Mm. So I didn't watch the other three innings. My guess, and this is really, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I would assume that if I'm on Atlanta, then I feel great. Early in counts, this is what I'm being timed for. Yeah. And then later in counts, that's what I'm being timed for. It is a slow ball, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I – these are the kind of adjustments in game that you have to make and constantly be thinking about, and it's what makes baseball so fun. Yeah, totally. It's why – and you got to watch the whole game, too. I mean uh, – Very true. I got I to gotta do that. I no, no, no. I'm not saying you. I mean, you watch oh, plenty of baseball, but it's <laughs> – I know, but I should look at those innings and see exactly how – Oh, I, I, that was not meant as a dick at you. I, I was know, thinking I about guys like Ryan Weathers and stuff, like guys who can have it. Or at the beginning, Shane McClanahan, the first time Shane McClanahan went through the order, we were like, there he is. There's the oh, Cy Young. He's so beautiful, though. It is is great to watch, but then the second time in his debut, the second time through the order, he got hit a little bit harder. So sure, it was good. To, uh, it wasn't good to see, but it's nice to keep track of. Tier five, what is it called? Why is it called that? Uh, the guys in this tier: Musgrove, McCullers, Morton, Manaya. A lot of M's there. The M M&M and M tier: Dunn, uh, Kikuchi, Molly, Valdez, Freed, and Otani. It's uh, it's case cake, case cake. Yes. <laughs> So, like, you know in a diner... You're making up... We- uh, again with the diner! <laughs> it's next to newspaper, Joe! The guy's got a case cake! Okay, What's wait, going wait. on or, 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 the also, diner? Also, like, a, a bagel shop or something okay, like fine. that. Okay, fine. Yeah. You from New York? We get it. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? So, like, you have the, you have the container that has, like, the, the transparent... Oh, what? Wouldn't it be called a cake case? No, 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 but it's the cake inside of the case. Yeah. I want to focus on the cake, not the case. Okay, the thing I want that the adjective to be the the case. Okay, for the cake. Okay, okay, okay. Sure. Right, so it, that doesn't rotate. It's just there. It's how they preserve it. Right, they're saying, "Hey, here's some cake that you could buy, totally. and we want it to not go bad, so it's inside this case." Okay, you understand? Then they lift I it up. I get that. I get right? that. That's the reason it's like that is that we don't. When you look at that, it looks so delicious. But if you have it, you don't know it's if it's actually sale. good. It's a little right? Sale exactly. Yes. So this is that tier. This, okay. This is a tier where they look gorgeous on paper. You feel like you should feel really, really good at it. Yeah. You know, about them, but none of them are aces. I beautiful. Well yeah. done. Case your best, cake. Your best. Your best so far. Yeah. Your best so far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought it was Mowgli, but whatever. You didn't like that one. No, no, no. That, that was more embarrassing for you. <laughs> uh, Joe Musgrove back into the top twenty at eighteen. So here's what I'm a little give one start where he goes four and a third with six Ks. He gives up all these earned uh, an earned run rocky road, and he jumps up twenty. After giving up five earned runs to the Nats and the Reds? Jumps up 20? Didn't he jump up 20 spots? Joe Musgrove? Oh, he jumped up three. Why did I think he jumped up 20? <laughs> but still, why did he jump up at all? You're acting oh, like newspaper Joe no, he here. Jumped, he jumped into the top 20 at uh, 18. Yes, he jumped yes. up three. Is that yeah. just because people were removed? Exactly. All right. Well, there goes the... Okay, it was that and also Framber Valdez and Max Fried both fell. 
Okay, we're going to get to them in a second. That yeah. explains that. A little bit of a fizzle <laughs> out there. No big deal. Lance McCullers at 19. Str- <laughs> I'm getting sound affected like crazy today. Uh, the strikeouts are returning for him. Oddly enough, the overall whiffs are not quite as much. O-swing dropped to a career low, 27%. Fourth highest called strike rate in the AL, which is really interesting for a guy like McCullers. Just got a season high in called strikes in his most recent start. It was also the second highest of his career. It's also still so strange to see him without the curveball is the prominent weapon. It really is the slider. Yeah, the well, it goes back and forth. And this is something I struggle with a bit. Is this a positive or a negative? Because I I want to say it's a positive that he has multiple tools in his arsenal. Yes. That he can whip out on a certain damn, like, you know what? If it's not the curveball, it's going to be the slider. But I the fact that it's not both there I haven't makes seen me that. more concerned, right? I'm, I'm with you. So so I'm like, I don't know if we should be jumping in because what if the slider's gone the next day? Is the curveball going to be there? I don't know. And there hasn't been this consistency of, like, Lance McCullers, oh, pfft. He's got the curveball. He's got the slider. He's got the fastball. It's all great. You know, he hasn't gone on that track yet. So it feels like a seesaw, like a little trepidatious, you know, a little bit of thin ice. I don't know. But, hey, you're starting Lance McCullers every time right now, and you're just hoping for the best. Yeah, it really is curious. Um, all right, so I want to talk about Tyler Molly versus Framber Valdez. Molly 3.68 ERA with a 3.65 FIP. Not like there's um, – there's obviously K upside, but is there much more K upside than Valdez, who has a 2.98 ERA with a 3.83 FIP? Got hit hard against Oakland, Valdez did. He bounced back nicely against the Yankees. Strikeouts, again, aren't really there a lot, but I think you can make the argument – a bit more depth of arsenal there, even with the changeup struggles. So talk to me a little bit about what went through your head about Molly over Valdez. All right, so in his last five starts for Molly, only one start has been under 7K, so four of the five. Okay. Okay, for the last six starts for Fama Valdez, he has zero starts of seven strikes. But they're all six. They're all one away. I understand. That's but not that, that much of a difference. Right, but then you have 12K games, you have eight-game games from, from Molly and stuff. The strikeout production is higher, definitively, for sure. Molly. You can bank on that. Now, with, with Framber Valdez, he was doing really well all the game. He had 18 strikeouts and two starts. And it was like, oh, okay, this is something that we're going to expect. Sure. And the fastball has really not been that great. And it's, it's been the problem I've had with Valdez uh, for a while. And if you remember in 2020, I will not sit here and say, like, oh, I told you to get Framber Valdez. I did not. Mm. I was terrified of it. I thought it was just a cherry bomb situation. And Valdez instead had a fantastic 2020, and I looked like an idiot. And this is still the, the issue that I don't think, you know, I, I'm past my, my view of him entering 2020. Like, I know that he's a better pitcher now. I Now, he's not that ace, though. And coming into the season, I thought, okay, I don't really like him that much. Sure. He has these, this amazing start to it. And I'm starting to get swayed saying, you know what, maybe, you know, I got to really rectify this. But, yeah, the fastball is not that great. The curveball is excellent. Really is zero six eight batting average allowed on it's, that curveball. Yeah, it's unbelievable, crazy. But the fastball is not that great, and we saw it just the other day. Six walks because he really didn't have that pitch he could turn to, uh, and that, that's a major problem for Valdez. While Molly, I feel like, is more of a steady Eddie of like, look, three six ERA, one fifteen WHIP, near thirty percent K rate. You're going to get that, sure. And it might be the same thing for Valdez, but like a twenty four percent K rate or so, maybe a little bit higher on uh, on the ratio side. But it's a pretty even balance to me. I feel a little bit more secure about Molly just because I know what I'm going to get. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, tier 6, I want to know what it's called and why it's called that. We're talking about Kyle Gibson, Chris Bassett, Tywin Walker, Shane McClanahan, Luis Castillo, Zach Plezak, Anthony Desclafani, and Dylan Cease. <laughs> what? I'm trying to. I, I think I got it in my head. I'm just like I have to think of themes every time. For okay. whatever reason, I've gone to a diner a couple times. Sue me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, now I'm going with it's the hot soup. <laughs> it's the matzball soup. I'm going to go with the E train. Okay. Okay. Because I, as as a New Yorker, I never really use the E train. Sure. And when I'm trying to go home, sometimes like I will be like, all right, fine, I'll take the E train. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't want to see the E train. I want to see the A. You want to see the express, not yeah. the local. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So this is the local train. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I got like 10 seconds at most know, every som- time. And sometimes they're golden. N- <laughs> Newspaper Joe lives with me forever. <laughs> Newspaper Joe is, is just great. Uh, I reserve the right. As the person who made up these rules, I reserve the right you to know, change them. Look, how dare you judge me? <laughs> One week you're going to call names. That, that's right, gonna, that, oh, I'm going to look forward to that. No, there's no One there's week. No way. One week. There's no, unless it's One after week. dark, there's no way. I'm, the, my impulsive brain is not going to be able to say appropriate. <laughs> We'll be able to edit it out. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I can't Uh, wait for it. But yeah, so this is the local train. I was about to just go on like a 
profanely lace tirade and just hope you beep it out afterwards, but I'm going to skip it. Thank you so much. Uh, you got it. Chris Bassett is up at 27. So all we were waiting for was really was kind of for the Ks, and now here they are. But now we just struck out three over seven against the Rangers. Pretty large disparity between that sub-10% swinging strike rate and 25% K rate. How confident are you that we're not going to see that regress to 22 to 23% or is the increase in slider usage enough to think that this is actually pretty sustainable for him moving forward? Yeah, I don't really think that Bassett is at 25% strikeout rate guy. So even with that uh, that slider coming up a little bit. Yeah, I I I, I don't think any of us really buy that, mm. but we do buy that he shouldn't hurt. And that's a good thing. So it, it, this is one of those scenarios where it, it's not necessarily a Vargas rule because the Vargas rule suggests that you're going to get rid of him, but you're happy he's performing well and you're going to keep starting him. And you're just like, let's just hold on for as long as we can for doing well. But, hey, it's all right when you're not as good either. You know what I mean? It's like you don't expect this high of a performance, but it's not like the other side of it is a guy that's off your team. Okay, yeah, so the longer leash. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it is a Vargas rule. Cause it, yeah, it's I mean, not. That's what I'm saying. It's like okay. Vargas rule means you get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. You're not going to get rid of Bassett. You don't expect him to be like a one whip in a 3-3 three, three year, right? You just don't. No, no. But that's okay. You can still be a 3-6. You can be like a better than Toby with a 22% strikeout rate. That's fine. Great. So I'm just really happy. I'm excited. I, I'm just going to keep starting him for as long as I can. And hopefully his nice run lasts at least another month. But, you know, it's, it's probably not going to last all the way through September. Yeah, and I guess I'm also talking about the swinging strike rate as if he's, you know, punching out eight or nine every start. And he has had some like that, actually more so in the beginning yeah, of the it's year. it's kind of wild. It is pretty wild. It's but more recently, of like five, six or so, sometimes seven. Yeah, he hasn't had over, he's had over seven once since June. And that right. was at seven. Excuse me, twice. And, so. I, and I do want to mention three of his last four starts have come against Texas, where he's combined for two earned runs. And the yeah. one that he didn't was Houston, where he allowed six earned runs. But oddly enough, just 10 Ks, which is which is kind of bizarre. That 3K performance does really kind of stick out a little bit. Uh, all right, I want to talk about uh, Tony Disco versus Dylan Cease, Anthony Discofani. Oh, Since man. that explosion against the Dodgers, 1.75 ERA with a 3.38 FIP. A pretty low Babbitt, but 217, but a 25% K rate and 11% swinging strike rate. Dylan Cease... 411 ERA with a 3.68 FIP, much more swing and miss to the Arsenal, already at a career high in terms of innings. I don't know if I can see him exceeding 160, and this isn't Rodon where it's, he's a free agent. This is a, a guy that they're going to want to have be a part of their future. Hey, that's a great point. Uh, again, innings limits, I am not going to touch it right now. Until I hear something concrete, sure. until I hear exactly how it's going to be, then I'm just really not going to adjust it massively. Uh, I think the bigger concern with Cease is he had this moment where he lost a slider. Now, it is back, and, I mean, we're talking, like, 38% CSW pitch, 21% swinging strike rate for the season, wow. which is crazy good, uh, especially for Cease, who has always battled with command. And he's, for, like, two months, he was able to get it down and in uh, to lefties and away from righties, right? It was fantastic. And he just needs one other secondary pitch on a given day. Some days it's his fastball, some days it's his curveball. I mean, most recently, it was his curveball. His fastball wasn't there. That's okay. He got through it. You know, and Cease is just going to just be good. I, I know you see the four-year A, you see the 1-3 whip, but I think he's a better pitcher than he was early on the season. He's a near 30% strikeout rate guy. He's going to have a good leash for being on the White Sox. You know, Dylan Cease is just is, is nice and, and comforting for your teams at the moment. While Descofani is a little bit more... Uh, well, as far as the repertoire goes, it's a fastball slider combination, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think it's as elite as like the other fastball slider combinations we talk about. Okay, I always talk about say like Wasker and Noah showcase that there was Dennis Lamette doing it, uh, and it's just not that like high tier of it. He's gotten a really good schedule, taking advantage of that. He hasn't been great when Descovani has has gone against say, like the Dodgers or so. Mm-hmm. So it, it's. It feels a little more smoke and mirrors than it does with Cease. I cannot deny the fact that anyone that has rostered Anthony Descofani this year has been so happy. 268 year Ray, one whip. I mean, that's just awesome to see. But just a 23% strikeout rate, and I don't know if it's actually going to go higher. Actually, I think this is the peak, and it will fall in the second half. So, but okay, but then if it's smoke and mirrors, then why him overseas? Right. So it's a it's a case again like Bassett. It's pretty much the same thing. I don't expect Just him keep- to be at this level whatsoever. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like Cease doesn't have any sort of warts. Like I was saying, there is volatility involved yeah. with him too. Uh, so I don't believe everything that Descalfani has done, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to drop Descalfani now or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting question for you that I was thinking about. Um, you have all the strike. Let's say you have a pitcher who has 100 strikeouts, okay? 
What do you in one game? Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. Crazy. Uh, what do you want the split to be between strikeouts called and strikeouts swung and missed at? Oh, I know where you're going with this. I'm just curious. It was a wonderful tweet, fast. Well, we're not going to talk about him yet. We're actually going to talk about the person who's the, uh, another person on that leaderboard. That's interesting. But I am genuinely curious. As I was thinking about this today. Like, yeah. Do I, I want a hundred percent swing and miss? Do I want a fifty-fifty split? You know what I want? I want swinging in the zone. You want swinging in the zone. So it could have been a so call then strike, no matter but what. then you tried and you still failed. That is very interesting. Okay. Right? Because like it would have been called strike three. But the problem I have with like everything being called strike threes is that like, well, this didn't swing. So it's a decision on the on the hitter. And then if he had, then you wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. But then you could say, well, it was out of the zone. So that's a decision on the hitter. So I want the both. I want like if you hadn't swung, you would have struck out. If you did swing, you struck out. And if you do, damn if you yeah. don't, kind of thing. So, do you know with a minimum of 100 Ks, this yeah. isn't Patrick Sandoval, okay. who leads the league in swinging strike strikeouts, highest percentage of their strikeouts being swing and miss? Number two is Scherzer. I think number four is DeGrom, maybe. I was going to say DeGrom. He's top five for sure. Uh, I would say Cease is up there. Cease, I think Cease was up there as well. I'd have to double check that, but he's not number one. Uh, let's go with. Uh, McClanahan. It is not McClanahan. I'm going to back you through the top 10 here, and I'll do it relatively quickly. 10, Montas, okay, at 81%. Uh-huh. Then Manaya, Marquez, Lopez, Giolito, DeGrom at 5, Gaussman at 4, Alcantara at 3, Scherzer at 2. Number 1? Uh, Molly. Tarek Skubal. Oh, nice. Look at him go. 88% of his strikeouts are swing and miss. Does that make you feel any sort of way? I mean, that's exciting because that means you, you know you got a, you got whiff stuff. You got whiff stuff. You got whiff stuff. You got whiff stuff. So now, what is the name? Alcantara there is who? Alcantara there is great. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. But Tarek Skubal leading is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, uh, hey, what's up, Sandy? Uh, the other people in this tier are not there, and that's Skubal, Barrios, Ryu, Gar- uh, Luis Garcia, Adam Wainwright, which is bananas. Uh, Kenta Maeda, Herman Marquez, Alex Wood, and Alec Manoa. What is this tier called, and why is it called that? I, I realized I, I, re- I was going to give the same name I've already given on a different thing. Mowgli? No, on a different different podcast, like one oh, of the oh, first oh. ones. That was very inappropriate. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, this is the uh, this is the cat. The cat. This is Schrodinger's cat. Oh, Schrodinger's cat. You okay. don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Are, is, is Adam Wainwright dead? Is he alive? Yeah, right, right. No one knows. Is, is Ryu's changeup going to show up or not? I, like I don't that. know. Yes. Jose Barrios, let me tell you about oh, it. Like, I'm not talking about this him This is anymore. like a, a volatile consistency. Mm-hmm. Like he is a perfect sine wave. <laughs> you know? It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Where the x-axis there but at some is point, not at zero. It's at like a 370 array and a 117 whip. Yeah. I've ranted about this before. Then what does he do? He has an incredible start. Terrible start, incredible start, and terrible start. It's 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 unreal. It's but it's also beautifully consistent. I, this is why it's a sine wave. Yeah, very nice, very nice. What about Luis Garcia? He's at number thirty-seven. Since I tattled him as a potential rookie of the year candidate, he had one mini blow up against. I mean, the best team in baseball, the Orioles. I mean, uh, how, all know, right, okay, all right. Uh, but you want been, you want to know what I did today? What did you do? Like? I looked on roster resource, being like, hmm, let's look at all the teams with trade targets for pitching, and okay. I went to the Orioles. That rotation. It's bananas. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. John Means, please return ASAP. And it sounds like he will pretty soon. Hey, man. But can you name me the, the rotation right now for the Orioles? Yeah, probably. Bruce Zimmerman. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he's not Jorge- in it right now. Oh, he wasn't? No, he's not in it. Jorge Lopez. <laughs> starting off great. Yeah, Jorge Lopez. Yeah, sure. Jorge Lopez, Matt Harvey. Yeah, of course. I can't remember how Matt Harvey. Um, I know they, I think they just moved out Keegan Aiken. Okay, well, that was that was one of them. And uh, then Thomas you know, Eshelman. And Eshelman. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not hey, great, Bob. No, that's, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. No. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because we have one of the best farm systems in baseball and it's going to keep you? growing. It's going to keep growing. Do you? We do. I yeah. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, we have a top, uh, I think it's top five. Who's your best pitcher? Oh, yeah, wait. D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson okay. Rodriguez. Come I'm on, you, I, I've said this before. It's, I, it started as a joke in 2018 or something. Mm-hmm. I said that D.L. Hall is better than Mackenzie Gore. I, I said this as a joke. Did you I mean, really? I saw the Futures game. Maybe it was 2019. And it could well I saw. I saw the Futures game. I was like, D.L. Hall is better than Mackenzie Gore because I didn't like the one, like, or two at bats at Mackenzie Gore. I was like, oh, D.L. Hall's got some electric stuff. I like him yeah. a lot more. And I was like, ha, ha, 
It's like, I'm telling you. He does. Knowing absolutely nothing he said. He could still theoretically be a closer. I don't know if his command is there. I don't know. I just, I, I find it crazy. Like, the, this world has, like, been figuring it out for me to be right. You know, it's destiny. Yeah, 100%. But what about, yeah. what about Luis Garcia? Why is he 37? Well, okay. So, yes, he has been great. He has the been slider great. and cutter combination has been wonderful. Yeah. The slider is, like, missing all these bats. The cutter is getting all these strikes. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. The problem is I think the Astros are going to be swapping him with uh, Christian Javier eventually. Gosh, if he keeps competing like that. Well, I mean, he hasn't ever had the innings either. I know I haven't, like, I haven't done the, uh, you know, I'm saying, like, oh, innings limits, everything like that, too. And I, uh, that's, that's not a, that's fair. That's a few weeks. That's not, I know, but it, the, it, we talked about this with Spore, where he's like, hey, I'm interested in Christian Javier because Javier is the one that's going to get swapped in. So we've completely, like, forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stash him now, but it, yeah, it could be, like, the start of August. We all of a sudden see Luis Garcia out of the pen or something like that. Yeah. And then comes back at the end of September preparing for the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so so yeah, let's let's talk about Maeda versus Herman Marquez. Maeda back to back starts with no earned runs, starting yeah. to look like himself a little bit, but also Herman Marquez. I know, man. I know. It's I felt like I should have raised Marquez higher, but I, it's just so hard to do it. And, you know, he has all these like it, he has all these innate volatile components put in, and it's like this is what he's done before. You know, he's always been a little bit volatile like that. And he's had these amazing stretches, and we're in one right now. I mean, the fact that Marquez is a 3.36 ERA with a 1.13 whip and a 25% K rate, and across 112 innings is what? Yeah, it's also That's just crazy. kind of nuts that he gave up eight or runs over five innings, Not and then over his next like 30, I don't know what whatever this quick maths is, seven, yeah. six, nine, eight, and six. He's still given up fewer. He's given up three. I know. That's unbelievable. It's it's actually, uh, if you want to look at his last uh, nine starts or whatever, he actually allowed four. In his previous four starts from the eight and run game was only 300 runs. So you've combined all of that. Yeah, then still. you get that ERA. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, we're also talking about a guy who, I mean, he had that crazy 40% CSW on July 4th, too. I mean, it, it, you feel like you're playing with fire. That's the problem, though. Yeah. Like, you, you, you feel like at any moment, you know that floor can just show up. Yeah, yeah. And it's terrifying. Now, on the same side of it, it's like, Nick, Kenta Maeda. And you know what? Like, looking at this now, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I got to take the chance of Marquez above Maeda. Like, that, that, that that's not fair. Uh, I would probably actually put... Marquez, at least where Garcia is. If yeah, I was going to say. You know, I, I feel like I messed up that one. Okay. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Maeda, like, it is really exciting. Last two starts, he finally put together both of them, the splitter and the, and the slider. Yeah. Which is like, okay, all right, I see I see you now, Maeda. Yeah. And this is kind of exciting. Hopefully, he can, tarries, can carry it across the uh, All-Star break. I'm hoping we see the Maeda that we were expecting to see in the second half. I know. Oh, my God. That, that would be so beautiful. But I, I, I just got to mention... Do you know how good Armand Marquez's slider is? Uh, you tell me. Oh, my God. Fast. 41% O-swing. 48% zone rate. Wow. 25% swing strike rate. That's, that's gilded. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy good. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. That's a money pitch. I mean, 70, near 70% strike rate. 38% CSW. I mean, I could keep going. 147 batting average allowed. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> oh, it's so good. He needs to throw a little bit more. But uh, and oh, by the way, you have a curveball that you throw thirty percent of the time and misses bats at a twenty-one percent rate. That's all. <laughs> I think he's actually thirty-seven percent CSW on the curveball. He is the only active pitcher, I think, with two pitches over three hundred thrown that has a twenty percent swing strike yeah. rate on both. Oh, uh, Herman Marquez, man, and the only one. Everyone, and I, I know I've said it before, and you probably know if you're listening, but they're not going to trade him. No. They just aren't. I mean, I'm happy Bud Black said that so more people like can understand that they have him under team control until 2024. Why yeah. would you possibly yeah, get rid of that? Yeah, they're not going to. Um, all right, I, I want to talk a little bit about Alex Wood, who also jumps back up into almost the top 40, coming in at number 41. He's coming off a, a, a pretty nice start there. Slider's back. That's it? Slider's back. All right, moving yeah, on. Slider's back 92 miles per hour on the fastball. Great. Tier 8. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see. Tier 8, uh, Frankie Montas, John Gray. I know. Hello, my old friend. Yeah. Sandoval, uh, Granky, Hendricks, and Stroman. Let's start with John Gray jumping wait, up. Wait, 25. wait, I got to get a name. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I was so shooketh. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, the uh, the Nomad tier. Okay. So, essentially, I feel like all of these are trying to figure out where they are. They're like, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> okay. you know? Like, Frankie Montas is like, I'm better than this. John Gray's like, am I this good? Yeah, I don't know. Patrick Sandoval's like, hey, guys, I'm new here. Um, Granky's like, I used to be an ace. Shut up. Kyle Hendricks is like, I was drafted as a top 30 guy. And Marcus Stroman's like, I'm just trying my hardest, man. 
That this is the nomad tier. Yeah. So let's start with Gray then. That's, that's a significant jump. Twenty five spots. I mean, not coming off a, an unreal start against San Diego. Three walks, seven Ks, one run over six. So here's the thing. He got injured, right? Mm-hmm. And then he came back from the IL. Yeah. Before he was injured, he was throwing ninety four. Okay. His last start. Can you guess where he was? Ninety six. Ninety seven. Mm-hmm. 90, 97, and he went also 85% fastball slider. And if we're, we're talking about before, like Descofani, like I don't know if he has the stuff to actually pull this off. Gray's fastball slider, yeah, that can work. Uh, the other really exciting thing is that he isn't under team control until 2024, so he won't be a Rocky likely for very much longer. You think finally John Gray will be He's in a the free stripes? In pinstripes, I don't know. I don't care where he is. Just get out of course. <laughs> get out of there. And whoever gets him is going to be a winning ball club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And now, now I do know, I do know the history. The whole thing about John Gray, oh, on the road, better than at Coors, right? Yeah, yeah. Nah, throw that away. Get get that out of your head. It's about, like, the difference between Coors and stuff. No, no, no. He is is much better situation outside of Coors. Just go with that. Well, let's get him an organization yeah. that believes in analytics, too. That would be very, very Did I say nice. better on road than, the, than home? I meant, I like, better at the, home. Yeah. yeah, better at home than the road. Don't, I got just you. forget about it. Patrick Sandoval rises nine. I mean, so he was the guy that you, that I, uh, you know, added you out about the tweet. I mean, he's oh. the one. I think it's... Only four of his strikeouts have been called. It's unbelievable. Inject it. Yeah, right into your veins. In yeah, veins. So it, this is this for real? He's like he's like my new. I don't want to say he's like my new Aaron Nola, but it, it feels like it right now. Wow. No, no. It's just like in the sense of like I just can't stop talking about him. All the nicknames you're aware of all yes, of them. There's of course the, of course the, the Irish Panda's yep. the first one, and then I made a typo. <laughs> And called him the Irish Panada, which I think is hilarious. So now he's just the Panada. The, oh, he's the Panada. Okay. The man, the a plan, a, a canal, Panada. Pan- <laughs> <laughs> the old famous palindrome yeah, is back. So here's the thing. Actually, I decided in the uh, the stream this morning, it's like, I just want to sit down and watch that Mariners start that he had over the weekend. Mm. Right? I was like, let's just watch some Patrick Sandoval. Right? Do you realize like what he's throwing? He's throwing like 95 from the left side. Mm. Okay, decent command, better than I thought it was. Sure. Right, I mean, sure, it, it has like other issues and stuff. I think he goes a little bit too low and inside to lefties and stuff, but it's fine, whatever. It, it's 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 a better fastball than I thought. The slider, he threw actually more than any other single pitch, uh, which gets a lot of whiffs. And then you have this changeup that is just outright filthy. It's mm. like a top five changeup right now. It's crazy. You know, he had, I think, 17 of his 32 whiffs and that. Yeah, 32 whiffs. I still got to get the shirt. Yeah. Uh, we're all in that changeup. Gosh. Which is, it's just so good. Yeah. And he's locating it down effectively. Like, you're watching the start and just going, my God, like, this stuff is so good. What would the shirt say? Just say 32 whiffs. Just 32 whiffs. 32 whiffs. With a picture of him? No, just 32 whiffs. It would it's be like a great in red shirt. and white, you yeah. know, and like the, the, the. With a halo on it. Yeah. 32 whiffs. the two. That sounds, yeah. Parodies. Paradise, let's go. Get on it. I'll get it. I'll wear it for the meetup if we can get it in time. That would that is a hey, sick. Hey, by shirt. the way, we have a meetup, you know. We do. We should have should have yeah, I should be talking about this more. It's a week from Saturday. That's right. Uh so the twenty fourth, if you're around New York City, I'm come to Brooklyn and Park Slope. That's the commissioner. Mm-hmm. It's this wonderful bar. Uh we have tables outside, so there's lots of lots of space. Four o'clock Eastern time on that Saturday. Come on by. Play some softball. Um, man, we got to cook through these because uh, we're getting there. We might go a little bit long. Oh, my God. We're at oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, okay. And we're cracking the top 50. We're going to go into Tier 8. What's it called? And why is it called that? We are – oh, no. We, are, we Actually, you already gave a name for Tier 8. Excuse me. Tier 9. Uh, Logan Gilbert, Adbert Alzale, James Caprillion, Tristan McKenzie, Wade Miley, Jacob Rizzi, Nathan Eovaldi. going to call it the orphanage. Okay. Because you have, like, one old guy and a lot of youngins. Okay, great. So let's start off with Tristan McKenzie. Obviously, new fastball velocity, sitting 93 through a lot of them, but had a really good start this past weekend. He he doesn't debut on the list, but he goes from unranked to 53. How, I mean, this, you kind of are, like, being at 50 is kind of the middle of the seesaw, right? You're not sure if that command is going to go by the wayside and he's not really going to have a slider on his curveball and he's just going to regress. How much does that newfound fastball velocity and maybe fastball command weigh into your decision? Because he's always been about the fastball. Yeah. I mean, last year when he had success, it was about fastball command and dominating with it. Yeah. That was a start where he dominated the fastball two ticks over the average we saw in the spring. Like, that's that's huge. You know, and uh, we're getting close to that point where you're not really caring about these guys. Remember, this is the 50s now, but really it's like the 60s, considering that all the guys will be returning next week. Sure. So, yeah, Tristan McKenzie, you're at 53. That's about the place where you should be chasing something like that. Okay. Uh, What about Logan Gilbert? I mean, rising 11, almost cracking the top 50. His slider all of a sudden showed up. It was great. Double-digit whiffs with it. 
And this is a guy who has an elite fastball, like 95-96 on it, really excellent extension to really hard to hit, but he just didn't have his secondary stuff. Sometimes he did have it with a slider, maybe a changeup once, but he didn't really have that consistent secondary stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, if you read the SB Roundup where we had a Logan, like Wolverine Logan, it was great. That's cool. uh, we talked about that slider, and it's a great slider, and hopefully that sticks around. That's what happens when you play the Yankees. Uh, let's oh, move on right. to right. tier right. We're Teddy. no Orioles, buddy. Hey, right down. Uh, I see you right there at the bottom of the AL East. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Only us. separated by like 20 games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a little space on the couch. You can watch the playoffs <laughs> with us. Uh, I love it. I can't hear you down there. Uh, uh, tier 10, what is it called? Why is it called that? We are talking Erod, Eflin, Zach Thompson, Domingo Herman, Tony Gonsolin, Chris Paddock, Quang and Kim, Jordan Montgomery, and Ross Stripling. We're gonna, I'm going to call it Sword Jaw, Sword Jaw because it's a cliff bar. It's where the cliff is. So you called it a sore jaw? Yeah, because you ever had a Cliff Bar? I love Cliff Bars. I know, but there's. I remember. I have a distinct memory of like it's eating one, on and the... then it's just as a kid, just like my jaws hurt forever. Now. What was your flavor? I don't know the chocolate one. Yeah, like uh, the mint chocolate one, right? Sure. Yeah, the, the, like the totally kind of what turquoise kind of. Yeah, it's okay. it's been like twenty years. Fast. Really? Yeah. I don't. I don't go. Cause it made my jaw sore. I was like, never again. To see you as a thirteen-year-old, like this sucks. Yeah, pretty much. That's, <laughs> that's exactly the voice too. Uh, so no, we've hit the cliff, and the cliff, if you guys don't remember, is the is the point where the separation happens between the guys I want to hold and those that I'm ready to like drop in favor of things on the wire. Yeah. So so that's what we got here. Erod, I don't know if that fastball command is going to be there. Zach Eflin, is he ever going? Is he actually worthy or not? Oftentimes, you're just better off suggesting that maybe there's a stream instead of Eflin and so on and so forth. It's interesting. I think Erod actually has the highest swing strike rate in his fastball ever. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. But the thing is, the, the changeup hasn't really been there to complement it. Yeah. And that's yeah. a problem, because the cutter slider, I keep calling it like that, because it really is the same pitch. He's just trying to throw some breaker over the plate for a strike. Is not that good. Mm. Doesn't do enough. Yeah, and it's yeah, it doesn't do enough. And, and I'll like, never I use that think, voice again. That was very obnoxious. I apologize. No, no, I didn't think it was particularly <laughs> obnoxious. Uh, I, I it is kind of crazy to me that I talked about this in the first pitch podcast. Quang Young Kim is a top thirty ERA right now with three eleven ERA. That's also kind of crazy that that qualifies as top thirty. I don't know why. Um, when it comes to him, you're getting a really nice whip. Uh, the command can be a little bit sporadic there, but he picked up fourteen whiffs on the night, which was the change up showed up. It really did. It was the most of his career. I think it was like five out of ten or something no, like that? No, seven. I think he seven? had seven okay. whiffs, which is a career high for him. He went to the oh, pitch yeah, 16% of the yeah. time, which was near a season high for him, too. It was interesting. The one thing about it, though, is it was all pretty much all righties he was facing. There was mm-hmm. one lefty in the lineup, so I'm not sure if that changeup usage is going to maintain moving forward. But it, to me, that's like Kim I'm not really interested in because it's like, okay, the command's sporadic. Sometimes he gets hit. He never really has the Ks. But... If those Ks start showing up with an increased changeup usage, it's a little interesting. You know, yeah, sometimes you get really worried about a Kim shot. But I uh, oh, he God. <laughs> But no, no, really, it's it's just he's so normally tired. just <laughs> I'm just so tired. Look, he's he's a he's a Toby who uh, who all of a sudden showcased some sort of strike at upside, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting for sure. It makes him uh, more of an interesting streamer for sure. Uh let's talk about Cole Irvin in tier eleven. Well, I guess before we do that, uh what's it called and why is it called that with tier eleven? Irvin, Corbin, Brubaker, 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 uh, Brubaker, uh McGill, Pavetta, and Tyone. Oh no. Uh, I'm gonna say this is the the classifieds. Okay. Like you could be searching for something like them, you know, and circle them. In the so, paper. Yeah, and that's kind of what comes to mind when we're thinking about Cole Irvin, too, right? Because right. Irvin, you know, three earned runs, three hits, no walks, five Ks against Texas. The line a little bit misleading because he actually was pretty much unscathed it was coming into perfect the through five. And then yeah. the sixth inning is when uh, he uh, essentially left three hits all scored. That was yeah. He's, he's kind of interesting. I don't know if I'm really in love with him because he doesn't really have a whiff no. pitch. He's a, he's a Toby. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, um, I feel bad. You know, I, I had a, a bath with crazy. He's on the Nick Pollock and friends. You guys can hear it on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually have a sound clip. I was supposed to get it onto the soundboard. It was just like incredible. He says incredibly mediocre. And I just want that every time we talk about a Toby to have Toby saying incredibly it. mediocre. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> that, so, but then talk me through about Corbin versus Irvin then. Cause Corbin more right. upside. So I think that Irvin, I mean, it's whatever you want, right? This is why it's the classified section because Corbin is uh, still has the stash label. You really don't know if Corbin's going to turn it on the second half or not. Uh, while Irvin, yeah, he has been a stable Toby. I'm not going to ignore that fact that like he has helped you in weeks. Yeah. So it depends on what you want. 
All right. Um, moving on to Tier 12, which was considerably larger. We're talking Alex Cobb, Chris Flex, and Merrill Kelly, Bailey Ober, Andrew Heaney, <clears throat> excuse me, Dallas Keuchel, Stephen Matz, Michael Pineda, Ryan Yarborough, Alec Mills, Tyler Anderson, Vladimir Gutierrez, and Johnny Cueto. Okay. I'm going to talk. I'm going to say it's like, oh, man, I don't want to insult a city. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm going to call it the sketchy alley. Okay. Because they're they're all trying to sell you something. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, ah, I don't know, yeah. buddy. Like I gotta, uh, I gotta be somewhere. You yeah. know, like you want watches. Like that's that's how I'm totally. feeling about this. I tier. just weaned myself off Andrew Heaney. I don't need this, right? Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. is Stephen Matt's actually gonna be something that I care about? The Pineda slider was gone last time, and I'm scared about that. Bailey Ober had the fastball command. They didn't. Alex Cobb, yeah, as you mentioned, like that splitter, can, maybe, yeah, you know? but it can just go away, right? Chris and Flexen also, is I don't know. What he Chris to Flexen me is, is the is ultimate. Vargas. Ultimate Vargas rule. Yeah, right yeah absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. He is the king of the Vargas rules, right? And he's got a 27% CSW overall, which is considerably below league average. I believe he actually has the fifth or sixth lowest CSW among qualified pitchers right now. I want to I want to call the guy who is the Vargas rule the, the Vason Jargus. The, okay, sure. So I don't want to call him Jason Vargas. You want to call him the Vason Jargus. Yeah, I want to call him the Vason Jargus. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to roll with those punches for sure. <laughs> Uh, it, it is nice to see uh, Alec Mills and Tyler Anderson get that boost. You saw Tyler Anderson in person. I did. How did that look? Oh, well, he actually impressed me with uh, a lot of whiffs of his four-seamer. Uh, went upstairs a lot. Had uh, You know, there were times when he overused his cutter. Uh, and you looked like you were just flexing for me. It was wonderful as you adjust the... Uh, There's nothing to flex. <laughs> Uh, you're going to flex the fact that that MLB app is amazing. Very uh, nice. I just yes, want to tell you that. But yeah, Tyler Anderson, I mean, he's a Toby. And he does have moments where he does have strike it upside that he did introduce the changeup later on. We were, you know, happy to see that he got like a nice fly out from Francisco Lindor in a two one count stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, he's not someone that I'm going to depend on through the year. There is a nasty floor at the bottom. Yeah, he would need some Clorox, and uh, you know he just doesn't have it. You can say that about a lot of those guys oh, also yeah. in that tier. Which then, how do you feel about tier thirteen, which is Duffy, Smiley, Caleb Hill, Rich Hill, uh, Caleb Smith, excuse me, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, Chad Cool, Jose Suarez, and Brady Singer. Oh, I had something for this because now we're real. I'm going to give you some time to think here as we're really getting into the tier where it's like okay. These are the kind of bottom feeders here. There's a lot of guys on the IL, and we really need to round out this top 100. So, hey, here's a Jose Suarez for you. We're going to call them the bingo balls. Why? <laughs> because, like, they could all be the winning ticket. Okay. Um, they all have interesting upside to them, surprisingly. Yeah, sure. No, Chad, Chad Cool Slider, Chad slider yeah, is amazing. Um, Jose Suarez just had a successful start against the Mariners and actually has two secondary pitches in there. It's really been the changeup so far, but there's a breaking ball I think that will show up. Mm-hmm. Brady Singer, I don't think I need to tell you guys about there. Michael Walker just threw 90 pitches and had the best changeup I've seen from him in a long time. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, that was really cool to see. And, yes, Caleb Smith just got wrecked mm. by the Dodgers, though. You didn't start him against them. Of course. You know? And he still hinted at 92 miles per hour, and maybe that slider and changeup show up next time. Who knows? Drew, I mean, Drew Smiley, whatever. But Danny Duffy could be traded. Okay. And uh, the Royals could be, yeah, he could be trading Danny Duffy. And so we might see him actually showcase that he can go long in a game. He is down to 93 as opposed to the 94, 95. I'm a little bit scared. But all of these guys are the bingo ball. Okay. Um, I want to move on to the last tier because I want you to tell me why Mike Foldinevich is on this list. <laughs> well, because he's actually gotten a good amount of quality starts, believe it or not. And he's gone against Oakland. And I. Hey, look, these guys are not even supposed to I be know, on I here. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay? I know. I was a little offended. Yeah, this is uh, this is the Arnold tier. Okay, well, let me read them. Fulte, yeah. Happ, Dunning, Keller, uh, Brad Keller, Marco Gonzalez, Matt Manning, Willie Peralta, David Price. I mean, I could say they're the clerks tier, because I wasn't even supposed to come to work today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or it could be Arnold, like, you know, I wish I didn't come into school today. Uh, Frizzle, Magic School Bus. Okay. Yeah. That's this tier. Arnold's. I like the Arnold's more. There are a lot of guys popping up here on the very first time. I think we should, you know, is David Price just a... David Price is a 100. I love I, it. I did it for your 100. I love it. Okay. Love it. Love a nice Mr. 100. Now, here's the thing. Uh, between him and Gonsolin, right? Yeah. So that's really your four and five in L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. Who do you feel more confident in is going to be starting effectively in September? Gonsolin. Yeah? Why? Um... Well, we haven't really been able to see Price put it together too much. I think Gonsolin at the moment probably has the higher upside. I think they've already established that they are okay with Price coming out of the bullpen more. So, yeah. So, so Price just started through three innings or maybe a little bit more, 50 pitches. Okay. It seems like they are pushing it because they need, again, they need starters. Yeah. Gonsolin, they've had some sort of dodgeritis with, just went 83 pitches and under five frames, does not have a slider back yet. I get the sense, and I could be completely wrong, this is just me being silly from out here, 
I get a sense that Price is going to flush out here as a starter. Or really be stretched out. As Gonsolin just gets kind of pushed around as a youngin again. They control him a little bit more. They have Price for a year and a half and left. And like, whatever. Yeah. You know, we need you as a starter. Go and do starter things. You've done this before. Yeah. Right? And I can see Price just easing into that. While the Dodgers are, I guarantee you, are getting at least one start at the deadline. Like, without a doubt. You know, like, how can they be the Dodgers without, when they yeah. have... Kershaw's elbow hurt, and then it's just Bueller and Urias at the top of that staff. Oh, like, I, they need something. Give me Scherzer. Right, and yeah, and they have all of the, the prospects to give up, too, right? Give me Scherzer. Scherzer and Kershaw in the playoffs, that'd be so awesome. Would I would be unreal. I would love it. And then they lose. And then <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I get the sense that David Price is going to be stretched out into this role. God, sure, I mean, I can't, sorry. We can even see, like, yeah, Scherzer... Kershaw and then David Price. It'd be kind of cool to see that too. Scherzer, Kershaw, Bueller. No, that's no, insane. But I mean, that's more of like the veteran presence of those oh, yeah. three. Oh. I thought that would be cool. It'd be, um, it'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all right. What a list. What, what a, a week. What, what, what a, a sport. <laughs> <laughs> what a sport. What a list. What a week, baby. Yeah, crazy. Uh, who's, winning right. the, who's winning the home run derby? Uh, oh, yeah. My pick too. Yeah. Probably Gallo. Oh. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make. My friend's happy. And say Otani? It's going to be Alonso. You think he's going to be I Alonso? I think he's made for the home run derby. He is. And I, I have, I w- I've been re-watching a lot of the 2019 home run derby. And, man, did he get so amped up for that derby. Uh, and he put on a heck of a and, show. And as someone who's also struggled a bit in the first half, I mean, he's been better. But, like, he is not the proclaimed savior for the Mets as he was after 2019. He has something to prove. Yeah, but man, Gallo's power right is now. just insane. Yeah, but he also has a pull. He does have Gallo's pull. Yeah. Yes, I I would like to see Mancini at least get to the. Second I know. Round. I actually had like a. I have him as my dark horse winner. It'll be great. Yeah, just be a great story. I want. I want to be. Uh, wait. Oh, oh, Otre Mantani. I don't know. Shoei Otani versus Mancini. And why do we do this? I could have ended this minutes ago. Uh, All right. That is going to do it, though, for episode number 266 of On the Corner, the official Patrillas.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.